the hand claps. How you doing out there? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many were just singing that and how many believe that? How many believe that God works all things for his good? Amen. For your good. Anybody out there called? Anybody out there that loves God? That is a promise that he does that. Amen. It's good to be outside. I knew God was going to give us a perfect day. Amen. Is this not a perfect day to be outside? So uh, go around, give somebody a fist bump today. Show somebody some love before you get seated. Come on, show a little love out there today. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you're watching online or you're here with us in the parking lot today, uh, we want to encourage you to go to the church app, Church on the Rock Huntley, and uh, go in there and on online streaming, you will be able to see the notes for today, so you can take a few notes. Um, I don't know if it was in there this time, but also uh, it's a little bit harder to connect outside, especially with the worship. So um, if they're not in the app this week, we'll get the words in there next week for the songs. And also words are always on the screen. And uh, next week we will have an insert with the sermon and then flip it over and we'll have the words on the back. That was my bad. I forgot that this, this week. I turned to my friend Brian. I said, man, I like being outside, but it's harder to connect outside. If we're not careful, it's just like your participants just watching a show up on the stage. But how many know that church is to be interactive? The church is to be interactive, that, that we interact with each other and we interact with God and the Holy Spirit all at the same time. So I'm excited about our future. I'm excited about where we're at as a church. I'm excited to be outside. Uh, know that this is a perfect time to invite your friends. Uh, it's a great setting for that. Anybody had these cheese sandwiches over here? Anybody ever had them? Anybody had those? Lift your hands if you've had them. I have not had them. Man, the cheese sandwich people are getting a full bunch of people that's never had them. So uh, it's going to be good. Did you know that you were formed for God's family? How many know that you were formed, you were created, you were made for God's family? Notice at the top of the, at the, of the outline it says, everything belongs to God, and all things were created by his power. So God did the right thing when he made Jesus perfect by suffering. I like this right here. As Jesus led many of God's children to be saved. How many saved today because Jesus led you to that? Amen. And then it says, and to share in his glory. I don't know about you, but I always worship Elohim, the creator of the heavens and the earth every morning. I listen to the birds. I look at the trees. I look at the lake I walk around. I look at every, even in the winter, I thank God for the beauty of the snow and the roots that are going deep, knowing that leaves are coming soon and stuff like that. But I worship God. And the reason we were formed for family is he wants us to share in his glory. He wants us to share in his glory, and he wants us to enjoy his creation. He wanted a family. That's why we're here. He wanted children. He planned everything in the entire universe so we could be born, so we could share in his glory, and we could be a part of this family. You know, that's why Jesus went on in the next verse, and he said this. If you'll look at Hebrews 2.11, it says, Jesus and the people he makes holy. Anybody out there that's been made holy through Jesus, they all belong to I want you to see that word. They all belong to the same family. That's why he isn't ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. You know, God's unchanging plan from the beginning of time was to have a family and through Jesus Christ to adopt us into his family. The entire book, the entire Bible, its theme is centered around God wanted a family. And what's interesting is he didn't just want a family for this world here and now. He made a family that would last forever. How many know that we're an eternal family that's going to last forever? You know, with knowing that we're a family, 1 Peter 2.17 says that God asks us to love our spiritual families. You know, that's what God wants us to do. God says, I want us to learn to love the people in your family. In your family. And why? There's several reasons. First is your physical family may possibly fall apart. Some of you may not have a strong physical family. You could have a strong spiritual family. 
Second, it makes us more like God when we learn to love our spiritual family. Third, it helps us to learn to get along, to learn to live together. And fourth, it's a practice for eternity. You know, if you can't get along with people that are your brothers and sisters, Christians in this world, what makes us think it's going to be different in eternity? Practicing God's spiritual family is a practice for our eternal family. So being a part of God's family means that we got to love each other. The Bible says those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Paul even said when he told Timothy, I like this, he said, if I'm delayed into coming to you, you should behave. Everybody needs to behave. How many remember his mom pointing at you saying, Brian, now you need to behave. Paul was saying to the spiritual family, he was looking at you guys, and he says, if I'm delayed, mom and dad's not here, uh, you all should behave in God's household. Amen. You feel mom saying, you should behave, behave in God's house, household. And then it says, God's household or God's family, everybody say, is the church. Everybody say, is the church. God's family is the church. I want you to circle church and family. Or if you're looking at your electronic, I want you to look at family and church. Then I want you to draw those together and realize that the church is a family. Church is not a place you go. Church is a family that you belong to. It's more than a building. It's more than a service. It's more than an institution. It's a family that we belong to. Well, I'm going to talk about four levels of fellowship today. And each level is a little bit deeper. It's like when you start with God, you get at that level one. It's like getting in the shallow water. And then you go a little bit further, and you go a little bit further. But hopefully, you can identify where you're at in God's family today. Is everybody with me? There's four levels of fellowship in God's family. Each level is a little bit deeper. I want you to see where you're at in your depth of being a part of God's family. The first level is called membership level. And that's where you choose to belong. The Bible says you're no longer strangers to God and you're no longer foreigners of heaven. It says, but you are members. You are members of God's very own family. You're citizens of God's country. And I like this part. And it says, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. So when it says we're members, it, says, it means that we are members of God's very own physical, fa very own family. You know, a lot of us, we didn't have a choice on getting born in our natural families. Getting into this life, I remember at times when I wasn't happy and times where I didn't want to live. I used to curse and I used to say, why did my parents even have me? I didn't have a choice. I didn't have anything to do with that. And I'm in this stinking life, and not only am I in this stinking life, this is a person without God, not only am I in this stinking life, I'm an eternal being. I have enough sense to know that, and I can't get out of this thing. And I, it used to scare me to think about eternity, and it used to scare me to think about spending eternity possibly in hell. And I was like, why did you even have me born? Because I wasn't in a place where I wanted God. But now I'm like, thank you that you have me born. Thank you for the creation. Thank you for the family of God, my spiritual family. And I look forward to living my life. I didn't marry my wife just for this earth. I always look at her and say, honey, you're with me forever. I was eating with somebody the other day, and I said, hey, you're, you're a good friend of mine, and I hate to tell you this, but you got to put up with me forever. Are you going to be my best friend forever? So that first family, being a member of your first, of your physical family, you didn't have a choice in that. But you do have a choice on if you are a member of God's family. I grew up in a church to where we did infant baptism. Um... We practice baby dedication here. A lot of the same similarities. But my parents had enough sense to let me know that even though I was infant baptized, that there was going to have to be a time where I made that choice for God. I was baptized as an infant, and I don't condemn people that do that. But the parent also needs to let them know that at some point, that was a decision your parents made for you. But at some point, you've got to make that decision. 
So the first level of membership into God's family, we established the point that we're a family and God made everything. All he ever wanted was a family. Well, the, in this family, you choose to belong. Everybody look at me. You choose. If you're listening by, uh, on the TV, you choose to belong to this family. You're not forced to belong to this family. I think that's powerful that we get to choose that. And you know the other thing that we choose is it is a fact. And, it, and that's why it even says in the scripture, it says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Don't give up the habit. And COVID has made it where the habit of meeting together like we are today. That we've gotten out of the habit of meeting together. And that says as some are doing, instead let us encourage one another all the more because the day of the Lord is at hand. How many believe the day of Jesus is at hand? That's even more the reason we not only need to choose to be along, belong to God's family, we also need to choose to be in church on Sunday, to be with God's family. We need to choose to be in small group. We need to choose to be in situations where we are with God's family because that's where our strength is, and we're going to talk more about that. So the first point I want to establish is you belong in God's household of faith. And in this household of faith, it's a choice to belong. It's a choice. And I challenge you, have you taken that first level? Have you made that choice? I'm going to belong to God. You know, some people wake up every week and they're like, every day, well, am I going to live for God today or not? Or that comes Sunday, Saturday night, they're up late maybe partying or hanging out with friends, having a good time, which is fine. But then they're like, huh, wonder if I'm going to get up and go to church tomorrow. Wonder if I'm going to do that. Brothers and sisters, on choosing to belong, listen to me. You need to make a commitment to God and to Jesus Christ, first and foremost, that you choose him to be Lord and Savior of your life. And then we need to choose to be a part of his family or his household. Listen, make that choice and stick with it. Make that choice and stick with it. Don't itch your head every day wondering if you're going to live for the Lord. Don't be wondering every week if you're going to go to church. Make that decision. That's the first level. The second level of fellowship is a little bit deeper, deeper, a little bit further into the family of God. I call it the friendship level. The friendship level is where we now see that we are the household of faith, that we are the church is the family. We now see that. And we now look at that we know that we were made to have relationship with each other. Because now you get to a point where a lot of people that are in the family of God, Jesus is their Lord, and they're getting where they attend church weekly, but they aren't connected at all. With the, they don't have friends. There's no connection outside of Sunday morning. That their only connection is God wants us to be connected in a friendship level. Anybody out there say amen? In a friendship level, where you look around, almost like the old show Cheers, where you go in and I wanna be where everybody knows my name. People have a longing for that, a longing to share their life, a, a longing to do that. So even with Adam, when God created Adam and Eve, imagine, imagine a man in a garden without a woman. Hair everywhere, fingers in his hand, probably running, well, he was running around naked, <laughs> uh, probably barking like a dog, probably do it. Can you imagine a man without a woman? Can you imagine what he ate? Can you imagine? And God finally had enough of it, and he looked down, he said, oh, my goodness, it is not good that man's alone. It is not good. God said it is not good that man's alone, so he created women. Brothers and sisters, it is not good that you live your life in solitude. The Bible says two are better than one because together they can work more effectively and be more effective for God. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone's alone and falls, it's just too bad because there's no one there to help him. Or if it's cold. Two can sleep together and stay warm, but how can you keep yourself warm if you're by yourself? I like this. Two people 
can resist the attack. You know, one, the Bible says one puts a thousand to flight. Two puts ten thousand to flight. What about a threefold cord when you get either another person or God with you? That can't be stopped. Anybody out there say amen. Two are better than one. The Bible says on learning to share the friendship level, it says all the believers met together in one place in Acts 2.44. It says they met together in one place and they shared everything. First, I want you to see they met together. They met together. The more frequently, hello, the more frequently we meet together, the closer we're going to be. You know, a lot of people are lonely, and it's because they don't make time for friendship. The Bible says he that shows himself friendly has lots of friends. You know, a lot of us are too busy achieving, too busy working, too busy going, too busy doing other things that we're just not willing to put the time commitment in to building friendships. How many know it's a time commitment? Anybody out there? It's a time commitment to get to that friendship level. Friendships don't happen by luck. They happen by choice. Make that choice to have friends. So they met together, and the next thing is they shared everything together. I want to give you three things that you can share in the friendship level. One is you can share your experiences. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. I know that I have friends when I go out with them, I'm always better than when I went. Anybody have friends like that? And I'll go home to my wife and I'm like, man, anytime I spend time with that person, I leave encouraged, I leave knowing more, I leave clearer for my future. That's the kind of friend, that's the kind of people I surround myself with. I, I can't surround myself with suckers that take your energy, that always bog you down with cares and weights because they haven't learned to put those things on the Lord. Not that we shouldn't be there because I'm going to talk about that too. But the first thing on, on number one is we share our, exper we share our experiences. We, we learn from each other. We learn from each other's experiences. Number two is we share our homes. Everybody say homes. I want you to think about the last time that you had somebody over to your home. When's the last time you had somebody over to your home? The Bible says cheerfully share your home with, with people and share a meal and give people a place to stay. I like the way CEV says, 1 Peter 4, 9, it says, keep an open heart and an open house so that everybody can come and have a glad heart. It doesn't say that only the people that you want at your house can come. It doesn't say only the people that you and your wife like. You know how hard it is when you're in a relationship? Like, like, um, like me and Carmen love Bill and Kelly, okay? Bill and Kelly, wave at everybody. Okay, well, Carmen loves Kelly, but I can't stand Bill. I can't stand him. <laughs> Uh, it, it, how many know it's hard to find a husband-wife where you both like somebody equally? There's always got to be something there where the guy will like the guy. But it doesn't say that you just love the ones that you want to love. In fact, in a family, if your name's, uh, I'll say Brian. If your name's Brian today, don't be offended. But every family has a Brian that you're like, they're always causing trouble. They're always stirring things up. They're always somebody that when you see them come into the room, it changes the atmosphere of the room. They always spin things negative. They always take uh, uh, the fun out of everything. They're always running their mouth off. They're always causing divisions. How many know we all have those people? And here's the thing, people think that you're gonna come to church and not have that. Are you crazy? People think, well, they're so disappointed. I went to church and somebody didn't shake my hand. I was ignored or, or do you think that just because we meet together at a church and it's still not going you're still not gonna have a bunch of knotheads anybody out there say I'm a knothead we're, we're all it, it, it's not just loving the ones we want to love we open our homes so uh, we, we, we share our experiences we share our homes homes and then third is we do share our problems and we do share our pain. Uh, 
even oh my gosh I, I look around Craig and Tara have been there to share my pain and my step I mean Craig and Terry have been with us from almost day one I, I look at Jay I mean I, I can look through and just go bam my gosh Kevin <laughs> how long we've walked together Stan I, I, this whole section right here I'm just like seriously I, I've got something it, I, I look at every person except this young man right here I don't know him by George are you George's family oh I do know you you've been here before I'm sorry Sam but you know what I haven't spent any time with Sam that's part of the sermon so how do you know somebody if you don't spend time with them Sam hopefully we can spend some time together all right so we uh, we we share our experiences we share our we share our homes but then we also we do share our pain I met with a guy last week and uh, they were like hey bring your pencil and pen and uh, when I met with this person um, I said uh, when I when I met with it when when they when they told me that I was like ooh, I, I just need a friend today I just need a friend today it's been a been a lot going on to where thinking about a stressful meeting I found my jaw shaking and I was having an anxiety attack but I was even I was close enough because I have to watch that I have to have boundaries in my life but I was what what I was with a friend so I said hey thus and so today I just need a friend I just need to hang out I don't want to solve the world's problems or make church and the rock better or, or or make our marriages better I just want a friend today and I said I want you to look at something I want to share something with you and when I have one of those there's a way I can breathe and you can see my jaw just start quivering and shaking when I'm having a pain, pan, panic attack or anxiety and I said see that I, I'm really dealing with anxiety today you know what ten minutes later after hanging with this individual they looked at me and they said you still have that anxiety it was it was gone guys it was gone and we just started laughing and I said I'm like zero anxious why because you shared you you know getting stuff off your chest hey man I deal with anxiety I, I, I don't I'm not embarrassed of that I'm not embarrassed of that just like Carmen and I had COVID I'm not embarrassed of that some people are like oh don't tell anybody I had COVID I'm like why what the, I, there's nothing wrong with it a lot of people had COVID that don't mean you don't have faith that don't, people think that you're ignorant okay um, but why why not share why not share why not share pain why not share problems anybody out there how many want to move to that friendship level how many's tired God hadn't called you to live a solo act how many know that God has called us to be in friendship but I look at some of you and I'm feeling people say you haven't been my friend pastor well I felt the Holy Spirit tell me that that some of you when I said that you was like you ain't been my friend you're right I can't be everybody's friend I cannot right now on our church app we have 700 people that have our church app and call this church their home do you think I can keep up with 700 people no so if I don't return a text right off the bat, or I don't return a call, don't say, oh, I'm not low, pastor doesn't care, blah, 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 blah. That's why we set up deacons. I'll even go on trips and I'll set pastors up to take care of things and all. And we train deacons once a month and we, we get people, so there is an extension of care for Carmen and I. But sometimes people aren't satisfied with that. They want my care. Brothers and sisters, that's another thing that gives me anxiety is when people put expectations on me that I can't do. Anybody out there? Friends can talk about stuff. Even in your relationships, you can have those kind of talks. Who wants to get the friendship level? Anybody out there? Third level of fellowship is partnership. And that's doing my part. Everybody say doing my part. Partnership is really realizing that I've got to put a contribution in. There's a contribution to make. That the family of God needs me. 
I want to tell you that God did not call Church on the Rock to come to a spiritual spa to sit and soak in a spiritual spa and become spiritually stagnant. He didn't come and have us put our feet up and get a pedicure and get our feet washed and to just enjoy and be taken care of. And, and That's a consumer mentality. And a lot of churches, a lot of people go to church only for what they can get. But in the family of God, when, it, you, you may be that person that you, you, you've never, you, think about that in levels. Choose to belong, God and church. Then, then I'm getting a little deeper. I'm going to start making some friends at church. I'm going to start fellowship with the family of God. The third level of fellowship is I'm just not going to come and be a consumer anymore. I'm going to contribute to the health of this family. I'm going to contribute to the health of this family. I'm not just going to come and take, take, take. And if you're doing that, that's why I toned my voice down. If you're doing that, a lot of you are like, oh, I never even thought about that. I'll be willing to. I mean, some of you, some of you might be, but most people when they go out to eat with somebody, However, I did have an uncle that always said, oh, I forgot my billfold <laughs> when we went out to eat. He always forgot his billfold. Every time, oh, I forgot my billfold. I don't carry a billfold anymore, but kind of like, uh, is anybody, when's the last time you wrote a check? Um, I, I, you know, but I pulled out the, most people here, when you go out to eat, and it's time to pay. Most of you don't sit there. and Most of you are grabbing the check. Most of you are fighting over the check. Most of you are, are saying, I'm getting it today. No, you're not doing that. We're buying. Okay? It's because that's the way your hearts are. I need you to think about the church, this church body, as something that kind of like that to where in a body, everybody needs to contribute. Imagine a body that only 20% of it works. Anybody out there say amen or owe me? So the third level of fellowship is learning to share and doing your part in things. You know, I had a quote in here that Mother Teresa said. Um, you know, I, I want to read this. Ephesians 4.16 says this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. I want you to just kind of look around at everybody. Look around at everybody. He makes the whole body. Everybody, everybody here is a piece of the body. And you look at everybody. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body, all of us, we are healthy and growing and full of love. I love that. I love that. Here's a quote. Mother Teresa spent her life working with, with poor people in Calcutta, India. She was asked, how did she handle all the death, the disease on a daily basis? How do you do these tough things when it comes to serving? Her answer was this. Every person I bathe, every person I bandage, I imagine seeing the face of Jesus and I do it for him. Man, I thought that was powerful. To me, it was the attitude that Matthew 25, 40 says, just as you did it into one of the least of these of my family. Notice it says of my family. When we serve each other, as we serve God's family, he said, just when you're serving each other, I'm doing my part. How many know that every family has chores? Anybody? Every family, every household has chores. <laughs> I always laugh when a man says, well, I help. I always laugh when a, when a man says, well, I, I, I help I help today I wash dishes for Carmen or I helped out today I did the laundry for Carmen or I helped out today I did the cleaning for Carmen I, I've gotten to where I start laughing I go are you crazy man does your wife work well yeah well what do you mean you're doing those things for Carmen what do you mean hey guys we do every in a in a household at home everybody does their part hey women you should have been really uh 
saying praise the Lord, amen on that. But also on the flip, women, you can't say, well, I mowed the lawn for my husband. Or I, Hey, it's got to be equal, but the point is everybody doing their part. Anybody out there? Anybody out there? Well, in a household at home, everybody's got to do their part. How you doing back there, Chad? You guys awake back there? Let me hear you in the back. Come on. All right. Everybody in the household has to do their part. Everybody, let's get happy on this point. Everybody in the household of faith has to do their part. Okay. Now, if you don't know what your part is or what there is to do, because now I know you guys are good people. If you don't know what your part is or what's there to do, I don't, I'll do it. Just tell me. July 11th. Write down July 11th. July 11th. You can write down June 6th, too, if you want to. We have what's called grow steps. And that is how you start getting into the body of Christ. Grow Steps 1, that's where you learn to belong. That class is June 6th. If you're watching online or you're coming pretty quite a bit to church on the rock and you're like, I want to be a part of that family. Mark down June 6th. Carmen and I are going to be teaching Grow Steps 1 right after church. We, we feed everybody. You're out in an hour. Okay? That's where you learn how to belong in a church family. Okay, July 11th. Everybody write down July 11th. July 11th. Now we're talking about doing your part. In fact, it's not fair if all of you say, well, come and tell me what my part is. Or, or I'll just hook up with Brian and ask him what needs done. Guys, that's not fair for you to do that to me because one, as I don't know everything that needs to be done, and two, just go to the class. July 11th is Grow Steps 2, and that's where we help everybody identify their spiritual shape. And shape is, S is spiritual abilities, H is heart, A is ability, P is personality style, and E is experience. When you leave that class number two, July 11th, you will, be, you will have three things that says, hey, this is my part at Church on the Rock. And then the third part of Grow Steps is somebody from that ministry that you just discovered. This is how I can help. This is how I can do my part at Church on the Rock. Grow Steps 3 is that person, that ministry leader will get in contact with you. If they don't, I'm on them. If you go to the class, in fact, if you go to the class and your ministry leader doesn't call you after you went to the class and you was like, I want to be in good vibe tribe. That's where I need to be. Well, then the next thing is that ministry leaders calling you. And then the fourth part of growth steps is you are serving in God's body. Doing your part. Guys, for this, everybody gets all excited. If I say, who wants to win this community for God? Everybody's like, woohoo, yes. That is not going to happen until everybody does their part. I want to tell you something. Um, we're getting ready to go on a parade. You can go on Church on the Rock Huntley on your phone, on your apps, download Church on the Rock Huntley. Um, we're going to be in a parade in Huntley. We're going to hand out popsicles and all this stuff. I want to tell you something. I probably won't be at that event. And now some of you say, well, I'm not going if pastor's not there. Really? 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 Um, I probably won't go to that one. I, I've never felt real evangelistic. I'm going to let you evangelists do that. We need 30 people walking in that parade. We need 30 people. If you're a person that likes to meet people, that likes to get out there, that wants to hand popsicles out, that likes talking to people and nobody's a stranger, we need you. Anybody out there say amen or oh me? How many are enjoying this service without your children? Somebody say, woohoo! Come on. If you're out here, do you know every, on a given Sunday, it takes at least 60 people to make everything be covered? 
60 people. How many thinks that it would be fair for 60 people to have to do the chores every Sunday four times a month? How many thinks that wouldn't be fair in a family? Lift up your hand. Come on. Anybody? Would that be fair? So the, the only way we can say on 60 people it takes to run a church service on a Sunday, the only way we can say to the children that you can, in, that, that you can come work in children's church once every six weeks is if we got six people times about seven that say, I'll work in the children's. Well, I don't want to work in the children's. You ever have to do things you don't want? How many like cleaning? Oh, geez. I'm comparing working in children's church to cleaning the bathrooms. <laughs> Anybody out there say amen? Hey, what we'd like to get is the people that like kids. I remember when I first started pastoring. How long have I been preaching? I don't know. I, I remember uh, when we are outside, there's no clock, guys. I, I remember when I first started pastoring, I was 20 years old. I was a senior pastor. And everybody just thought, whoa, Brian's going to be, we're going to have an amazing youth group. Because Brian's 20 years old. Youth is going to be powerful at, what was the name of our first church? Hilltop Victory Chapel. Is that it? Hilltop Victory Chapel. They're going to have an amazing youth group because the pastor's 20 years old. Hey, guys, if you're a teenager, don't be offended about this. But that age from like 8 to 18 is probably my least favorite people group to preach to or work in. Just to be honest with you, I actually enjoy children's church. I did children's church for six years in Wyoming. I loved it. We took a children's church of 13 to 145 of children. I, I love children's church. Children's church, it's the banger, man. It, it, I do it every week. Find, find your niche and do your part. Level four, I'll make it quick. Level four is kinship. So first level is I'm choosing to belong. Choosing to belong. I'm going to give my heart to the Lord. I'm going to go to church. Now I'm choosing to have some friendships and get to share and know some people. Now I'm starting to do my part because I realize we're the family of God and we all have something we got to do. The deepest level of friendship is what I call kinship. First of us, all of us think of the Beverly Hillbillies. Tell you a story about a man named, come on, sing it, Chad. Poor mountaineer, but he kept his family fed. Not, not fed, it's fed. Then one day he was shooting for the, shooting for some food. Up from the ground came a bubbling cruise. Now I'll say oil, that is. Okay, kinship, we think of that. But kinship is this. I looked it up. Kinship means closest to family. When somebody has an accident, they say notify next to kin. That means that, that you'll find the person that cares about you the most, the person who's close to them, the one they hold most dearly. You get to that person that matters most to them, and you bring them to here, to them. This word, kinship, actually literally means in the Greek, or the root, basic root, it means being committed. It comes from the Greek word koinia. And it means being committed to each other. Listen to this. Koinina, that fellowship, it mean, that kinship, it means being commit, as committed to each other as we are to Jesus Christ. And get this. Kinship means being committed to each other as much as we're committed to Jesus Christ and he's committed to us <laughs> because I, I can say Koinita is it's committed as much to each other as we are Jesus Christ I can say that because some people aren't really committed to Jesus Christ so it's no big deal to be committed to each other because we're not real but when you throw on as he is committed to you that changes everything so that commitment you know everybody knows what's, what does John 3.16 say Say it if you know it. 
John 3, 16. Okay, how many knows John 3, 16? Put your hand up if you know it. Most everybody knows John 3, 16. But I want to ask you, do you know 1 John 3.16. How many know 1 John? Not John. How many know 1 John 3.16? Let's say it together. 1 John 3.16. You that know it, let's say it. Anybody know that one? Anybody saying it? Anybody saying it? I wouldn't be able to say it by memory. Anybody saying it out there? 1 John 3.16. Well, here's what it says. We know what real love is. Because Jesus gave up his life for us. In other words, we know what it is because Jesus showed us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. So what love is, Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than to lay his life down for a friend. What is koinina love? That is being as committed to each other as we are to Jesus Christ and he is to us he was so committed to us that he died when we think about that we always just think of jumping out in a flying car running by and we'll save the day hey dying dying to yourself and living to God is when husband and wife you're both equally tired and you see the pile of dishes in the sink and you roll up your sleeves and you say I want to do that because I know you're tired giving up your life for your friend might be I'd rather be poked in the eye well I can't say this in the, uh, anymore but I'd rather be poked in the eye than go shopping laying your life down for a friend hey you know this came to me, so I'm just going to say it. You know, even in sexual intimacy. What? We woke up now. Even in sex and intimacy in the bed. There's times you don't feel like it. And you don't want to. And you're not having that emotional connection. Or um, you're not in the mood or you're tired. Both ways. Do you know the Bible says that your body is not your own? That your body is your spouse's. And there'd be a whole lot less struggle on both parties if each body, if both parties died to themselves and we gave what the other person needed. Anybody out there say amen. You know, I, I remember talking to a guy one time that said, Pastor Brian, I my I haven't been with my wife for six months and he was crying he was like I, six months six months and guys I want to tell you I may be 52 but I ain't dead it, it never dies trust me I know because I've asked older people even I got to the friendship level and I asked Jay and Karen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jay was the guy who said I had had it for six months. No. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, you know what? Um, if you're starting to judge me for talking about this, get over it. Because these things need talked about. The Bible says that our bodies aren't our own. If, if your husband needs it, then your body's his. Wife, husband, if your body needs intimacy or different level of intimacy, your body's not your own. It's hers. That's going in love. That's being committed to each other. Anybody out there say amen. Praise God. I lost the shout in the corner. Which of the three, which of the levels of fellowship are you at today? Every head bowed and eyes closed. Which level of fellowship are you at today? Have you even made it through to the first step? Have you, have you chosen to belong to Christ? Have you chosen to belong to a church? 
Have you made that choice to be born again into God's family? Have you made that choice to belong to a church family? That may be you today wanting to take that step. If that's you today, let me see your hand lifted up. If you're online or you're here, let me see your hand. If you want to choose to belong to Jesus or you want to make a commitment to the family, I see your hand over here. Anybody else out here say, I choose that first level of fellowship. I see your hand back there. Anybody else say, I want to choose that first level of fellowship. I mean, it's been, man, I can't believe you remember the last time I've been to church. I want to choose that first level of fellowship. Number two, how many of you are ready for that friendship level? How many of you are ready to start befriending people, going to small group, getting connected, knowing some other Christians? Raise your hand if you felt like you need to start connecting more with Christians. Let me see your hands across this place. If that hits you today, let me see your hands that I need to start connecting with Christian people. Amen. As hands are going up. Now we get to the third point, that third level. How many want to roll up your sleeves and begin to get more involved in your church family? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands if you want to be more involved in your church family. I don't want to be a consumer. I want to be a contributor. And then the last level of relationship is kinship. It's kinship where we're fully devoted to God and we're fully devoted to each other. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet today. Let's stand to our feet today. Every head's bowed, eyes closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for people. Lord, I pray. Man, I, I, I didn't think about it when I studied, but I kept thinking about Ezekiel 47. When Ezekiel saw the river of God, it says he threw out a measuring tape a thousand feet, and he waded out to his ankles. And then he threw it out another thousand feet, and he waded out to his knees. And he threw it out another thousand feet, and he went up to his waist. And then he threw it out another thousand feet, and there was water to swim in. I never thought of it. Lord, for us, I believe the Lord is saying for, that for us to get into the river of God, into the river of life, we got to get in that ankle water and choose to belong. Lord, those that are choosing to belong today, Lord, I pray that that commitment would be firm, that that commitment would be settled in Jesus' name. Lord, as we go up to the knee-deep water, Lord, I pray that we'll seek out events and fellowship and we'll, do, we'll start opening our homes and our lives and our experiences to people around us. Lord, I pray for those that raise their hand that they would like to increase their friendship level. I want to go to that level. Lord, begin to let friends begin to happen in their life, in this church, that there would be connections and there would be unity. And Lord, I pray that everybody in this church and everybody watching online, that we would go to the third level of partnership lord those that raised their hand and said i don't want to sit and soak in a spiritual spa and become spiritually stagnant i want to give myself i want to be a part of this body lord i pray that this body would be a movie living organism Lord, I pray that each joint would supply. Lord, I pray that every person in this church would do their part. Lord, I pray every person would find their part, do their part. And Lord, I know when we get positioned and we get put in the body of Christ, that the Holy Spirit will come and blow through this church and Jesus Christ mysteries will come alive. And Lord, we will reach our communities and we will make an impact through the church. Father, I pray that this church would be a living, breathing, moving, operating body, and it wouldn't be a place you go to. We would be that church in Jesus' name. And Lord, I finally, I pray that we will have deep relationships made. Lord, I pray that there will be a kinfolk relationships built in this church body in Jesus name one more thing with every head bowed nice close we already did this at the front but now I want to pray if you're here today I saw two people a while ago and I think you meant this but I want to know it 
And there may be somebody online. If, if you're here today and you said, my parents infant baptized me, or but if you're here to say and you say, I have not made that choice to give my heart to Jesus Christ and belong to him. I want to make that commitment to Christ. I want to ask him into my heart. I want to belong to him. That's my choice. If you want to make that choice today, let me see your hand again. I'm going to pray with you. Lift your hand up. I see that hand. Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. You say, I want to make that choice for Jesus Christ. Lift your hand up. I want to pray with you. Anybody else here on the ground? Amen. Church on the Rock, we got one today. Come to Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a can clap for that. And there may be one. There may be two online. Church on the Rock, we have a motto. Nobody prays alone. Everybody pray this. The gentleman that said, I want to ask Jesus in my heart. I want to choose to belong. I want everybody to pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I choose you today. I choose to live for you. And Lord, today I give you my sins. And Lord, I receive your righteousness. Today I say, thank you, Lord, for receiving me and forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross and raising from the dead. I believe that, and I receive that. Today, I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life, Jesus. And from this day forward, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for that today. That person that did that today, and if anybody else wants to, at the end of this service, Josh will tell you what to do.